so tonight is is going to be a um, a series of things that the Lord has asked me to line up for you to bring a shift and to unlock. And so it's not going to be your normal preach. It's just going to be a series of vignettes of, of things that the Lord has been putting together for you specifically to release uh, over you that your life is unlocked in new ways and that your life shifts yeah. in certain in, in ways that you need it to shift, uh, that the Lord has ordained it to shift in order for you to move into the fullness of what God has got in the next season. And so, so I'm going to just roll through that. And so I want to start off by, by just bringing your attention to the fact that we are in a new era. Yeah. And uh, if you've been listening to the prophets that have been declaring around the world, and I know that some in New Zealand have, uh, and as well as Australia, that it's not a new season and it's not a new day, it's a new era. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and it is so new that we actually don't know what we're doing. <laughs> new means new. Not, it doesn't mean that God is adding uh, another tire to our car. It means he's giving us a whole new car. So that's where I want you to put the expect, your expectation in God for your own personal life and for your ministry and for the church that you come from. For I know we've got some friends and visitors here. And so as, as I'm declaring as a prophet, I'm declaring into your life, I'm declaring into your church, yeah. into your ministry, a shift. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you weren't here today, um, I want I really highly encourage you to get Stuart's message because he, he really outlaid it uh, so beautifully about we, we are in a new era and we are uh, moving from what was into what is coming but what is coming is, is just ankle deep right now in comparison to what it will be by the end of 2020. And for many years I've been seeing 2020 in my mind's eye and vision. And as I've waited upon the Lord for what he's trying to tell me about 2020, um, it's, it's been one of these, these years where I believe that church will not look like what it looks like today. And you know that 2020 is only, only uh, 10 months away now. So I speak a raising of your expectation. Raise your expectation for what is about to happen. Uh, back in September, I was um, in worship at our church, Catch Fire Auckland. We pastor Catch Fire Auckland. And during worship, I had this very clear vision of standing on the shores of New Zealand and seeing a wave come towards me, but it wasn't one of these tall waves that break. It was like a, a wall of water. And in the water were these hundreds of horses. <laughs> and there was thun like I could hear the thundering of the horses of the Lord. It's like the armies of God. And we are, we are entering a season in God and a new era in God where the power is going to be so turned up and so mighty that the armies of heaven are going to roll in to our homes. It's going to roll into our businesses. The armies of heaven are going to wage war. And uh, there's going to be increased amounts of healing and freedom and miracles. 
And so where we're at right now is preparation. Say preparation. Preparation. Preparation, Because he wants to prepare you to carry what he's about to pour out. He doesn't want us to blow up. Okay? When he pours out more power, he wants us to be able to steward power and steward the authority that we've been given. And I believe at the moment there's a, there's a deepening revelation of, of, our power, of the power and authority that the Lord has given us as sons and daughters in the kingdom. And so this preparation time, this moment we're in right now, Stu just unpacked it really well today. And that, that song that we sung, New Wine, uh, is a Hillsong song, isn't it not? Yeah, that's a prophetic song that was released, I think, last year. Right on time, because that's exactly prophesying what's happening. That he is developing within us uh, uh, through, the, through the hard time, through the narrow place, through, the, through those crushing circumstances. He is developing within us a new wine. And it's going to taste different to others around us. And this is where I just really want to um, seed within you and, 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 and uh, yes, yeah, sow into you. Uh, the expectation that that there is a shift happening in your life. Yeah. And you were born with gifts, abilities, anointings, and talent. And I know that you've been going through a season, or Hope City have been going through a season of talking on the anointing. And we get quite used to what anointing we have. You know, we, we get used to how God has moved through us. Uh, we, we get used to how he comes upon us and, and the gifts that we're walking in. Well, I can tell you what, fasten your seatbelts because some anointings are shifting. And what you've walked in for the last 20 years is not necessarily what you're going to walk in in the next. That, that things are going to start to move upon us in a new way that we are going to manifest different giftings. And there are diff- giftings within you that have been lying dormant since conception, since birth, that you've not walked in yet, that will manifest in a new way. And those of you that have said, I'm not an evangelist. Those of you that have said, I'm not necessarily, that's my weakest gift. I'm going to put my hand up because that's me. Oh, You know, in the fivefold anointings, that is, that is my least, Right. But the Lord challenged me. He said, when my anointing falls upon you, from the mantle, the mantle and the authority for evangelism falls corporately, you're going to find it so easy to, to share the gospel of the kingdom. There is a, what was hard before is going to become easy. And, 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 and there's an ease in the anointing that is going to overwhelm us and surprise us. And there is a lion roar that is coming out of us as a body of Christ that the, that the world has not yet seen. There is a roar coming up from within the deepest part. And you, even your, you know, the, the ones that may be a little bit extroverted are quite used to kind of you know, getting out there and saying hi to new people and all that stuff. But I can tell you, even the ones that are more introverted that w- would, would die before they knocked on someone's door, there is a roar coming out of you. There's a new mantle being released on the body of Christ for evangelism. It's a corporate evangelism, and it's, it's going to just ignite something even in the most shy. Yeah. So the first thing I want to release, God downloaded to me a couple months ago this, this, this thought that the mantle of the prophet and the evangelist are going to 
partner together, that there is a, there is a yoking, they're being yoked together, and in the coming days, God, God is going to release prophetic revelation for evangelistic strategies. And there is going to be a, just like the apostolic and the prophetic uh, uh, work together in synergy in order to establish the church, the prophetic and the evangelism is, evangelists are going to work together to grow and bring in the harvest. And so, so I'm, I just want to invite everyone who feels that the evangelism is the least on their gift list. It is the one that is the lowest on any um, David um, uh, Wagner spiritual gift test. Uh, those of us that, that find evangelism uh, pretty scary, I'm going to invite you to stand. It's probably the whole church, actually. I mean, heck. <laughs> Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come right now like a thick, weighty anointing. Ho, ho, Father, here we are. We're owning up to the fact that this is really hard for us. This does not come easy. This has not come, come, come easily to us in the past. But we are putting our faith in what has been declared prophetically. And Father, right now, by your spirit, would you release a corporate grace for evangelism in the room? Hope, would you release upon us an anointing for a, to, to spread and to promote the gospel of the kingdom? Father, to bring in the harvest, to be bold as a lion. And I just speak right now to your innermost being and I unlock that gift of evangelism in you. I unlock it in Jesus' name. I speak an unlocking to the gift of evangelism and the, and the anointing comes upon you oh, now in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that it's starting to rest upon us. Oh, yeah. And thank you, Lord, that you say that your yoke is easy, it's light. So, Lord, we just accept that and we just agree with the declaration that what has, be has been hard in the past is going to become easy. And everybody said, Amen. We agree right now. Yeah. Oh. Now, I just want to invite everybody that actually does evangelize really, really well to stand. You, you, yeah, come on, you, you. You born evangelists. Okay, very good. Okay, can people around them just lay hands on them and just declare one thing, more. More. Father, we release more upon these ones. That you would take them to a, to a greater level of authority and, and fruitfulness in their evangelism. Oh, Father, we ask that you would put fire in their mouths in Jesus' name. That you would release words of knowledge gift because evangelism and word of knowledge gift goes hand in hand. And Father, the preachers amongst them too, Lord. You would release the preachers, the, the gift of preaching. Father, we ask for an unlocking. Father, an authority to preach and to see. And I just release fruitfulness in Jesus' name. Ho. Amen. Woo. Very good. Okay. That's really excellent. So 2020 has unto, un, untold promise. Um, 
Every time I project myself into that into 2020, I just explode with excitement on the inside. And so what what I want to just bring you into into the loop about is at the moment we're in like a sila moment in God. We're in a pause. There's a pause. And the pause is to reflect upon the face of Christ. The pause is to go back to the prayer room. The pause is to seek the Lord again in a new way. The pause also is a time of holy reassignment. That God has ended some assignments. He's brought an end to to um, some ministries even. He's brought an end to some grace that's been upon our lives. And you'll know if, you, if, this is, if you're in this time because what was fruitful and what was a joy to do is no longer. Give me a wave if that res- resonates with you. And, and there was, there's been a, an end and sometimes there's been an abrupt end. Like, Stuart was saying today, there's been redundancies. There's been ends of jobs. Some people have actually been fired. Some people, ministries has dried up. The phone has stopped ringing. And I just want to tell you, you're in God's season. That is not the enemy. This is God positioning you for redeployment. He is redeploying us into the new era and our assignment is over in the old he is re-weaponizing us he is getting us acquainted again with the tools of warfare prayer worship praise we're going back to the closet and saying the prayer closet and saying god what are you doing and where are you taking me? And, you know, that doesn't mean to say that, that everything sort of stops and you get off the bus and you sit in the park for a while. That doesn't mean that. It just means spiritually there has been a shift and it can mean that what you used to do, A, no longer is fun anymore, is no longer fruitful and God is bringing you back to, 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 to home base to, to re-equip you, to re-envision you, and to deploy you in a different direction. Um, and there's a bit of holy reassignment, a deployment. And the other way he is, is preparing us is he is pruning that which is over. And if you want to turn with me to John 15... It talks about the pruning, and I won't go too much into this because Stuart really unpacked this quite a lot today in a different way, but it's the same message, is that when, 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 the, when, the, when John 15, the father himself is the vine dresser, he's the one who prunes, he's the one who cuts off, and in the pruning, we can misinterpret it as being um, a testing time, a time of suffering, consequences of sin, a demonic attack, or God's angry with you. All of those are not true. In a pruning season, he prunes the fruitful. 
And, and, and many of us have been, um, are experiencing that now, have been pruned recently or about to be pruned. So don't, if that, you know, if it suddenly comes upon you tomorrow, then you can blame me. But he only prunes that which is fruitful. And he prunes us in the area of most fruitfulness. Because he, in, the, in the coming season, he wants you to be even more fruitful. He wants you to be, the quality of the fruit to be richer, to be of more quality. So he is only pruning you in order that you will be even more fruitful with greater fruit. So what can feel like a, a snip here and a snip there and an ouch and that hurts and, ooh, I wasn't expecting that. I want you to take the attitude that he is doing you a massive favor because he and his love for you and his desire to see you fulfill your purpose and destiny and to walk in your anointing, he is, he is pruning that which has been fruitful in order that you would multiply even more. Then there is the other things that it says in the scripture here that he cuts off permanently that which has withered. And those things that are withered are being cut off. Um, those things that are withered are the branches that in a past season were very fruitful, but they no longer are bearing any fruit. My encouragement to you today is let go of those things. Don't hold on to those things that he wants to cut off permanently because if you hold on to it, you're going to end up in disillusionment and discouragement because it's demoralizing to the soul to hang on to that which God has put an end to. And if he's cutting stuff off, then just let it go. Easier said than done. And I've got a few stories around that. But easier said than done. But in this season right now, he's preparing us for the greater glory. Okay? He's preparing us and um, the... The phrase that the Lord gave me, Stu referenced this this afternoon. Lindley, I want you to yield in order that you would yield. It's a play on words. He said, Lindley, yield to what I'm doing in order that the yields will be greater. Now, you thought you were coming to an anointing power conference and we're telling you some some challenging things, um, and I, I, I don't really apologize for that, but I do realize what we, are, what we are delivering. It's not necessarily what you expected. If you want to walk on a greater level anointing and authority, this is the stuff you need to know. Don't let the pruning season, don't let the time of uh, refinement derail you and you... And, and, lead you down the path of discouragement and despair. Rejoice that you are pruned. Rejoice that he is intentionally refining you. Rejoice that you have his attention and that because he loves you so much and because he wants you to reach your purpose and your destiny and to be fruitful, he is bringing about a pruning. And so um, I just want those of you to stand who have been through 
a pruning time or God has cut off something and uh, or you feel like your assignment is over, um, I want you to stand. It could be work, career, could be friendships, it could be, you know, things you take care of, responsibilities. And you know when your assignment's over because one day you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> and that's when the grace is lifted because grace is a supernatural empowerment to do that which he has called you to do. But when that grace lifts, you have, you, you have to dig in and finish the assignment. Because you don't have the supernatural upon you in order to finish it. But God says, persevere, and, uh, and, but push through to the end and then let it go. So in Jesus' name, I declare right now, in this room, hope, grace, 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 to let go of that which needs to be let go. That which God has declared is over, I loose from your life right now. I lift off that assignment, that thing that he has called done, it is done. Oh, and I, I just want you to see that dropping off you, off your life, dropping off your mind, your heart, uh, everywhere you've carried that. I want you to see it just falling off right now and melting away. Oh, thank you, Lord. Now, Father, where that's hurt, where there's been an owie, Daddy fix. Come and fix. Come and heal. Oh, that which is sore. Yeah. Let your perfect love just go down into every place. Oh, that has felt that. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I declare a remantling right now. I just declare a remantling all over the room. Oh, wow, I can really feel that. Whoa. Holy Spirit, come and just bring heaven's atmosphere over their lives. Oh, drop down right now. Whew. The new assignments. Oh, let it rest upon them. Ooh. Anointing for the new. Grace for the new. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. New assignments, Lord. And we say yes to them. And even if we don't know what they are, we say yes. Don't we? Yes. What, like Stuart said today, what will your yes usher in? What will your yes? Shaka papa. Kula namasanta kianamanda. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh. He's also cutting off, you may sit down if, if, you're, if you're able. <laughs> You know, in, in that pruning time, he also cuts off dead works. Dead works are those things that we do that look like kingdom things, but we're doing them from the wrong motivation. He's really bringing an end to those things. If you're doing it for approval, or if you're doing it for acceptance, or you're doing it for any other motive other than just to purely extend the kingdom of God, he's just cutting those things off. 
because we can't take those things into the new. Um, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis 1. Twenty-seven. Actually, I'll start at 26. Let me read the scripture to you. Then God said, let us, which is the Trinity, make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. Say rule. Rule, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock stock and all wild animals and over the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Say subdue. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves along the ground. You know, in this, in this time in history, there is an explosion of the revelation of the kingdom of God, which is right on time. And, you know, we're going from believing and just preaching the gospel of salvation to realizing that there's a gospel of the kingdom and that our main mandate on this planet is to take dominion <laughs> over the earth and subdue it. And so in this time, God is releasing the, the revelation of who we are. And that's why we've had, you know, the Father Heart, um, you know, message become very popular and, and very paramount in our expression and how we understand the kingdom and understand God. And he's restored that. And then out of that, he restored our identity. We realized that we are sons, that we are heirs in the kingdom. The thing is, we really don't believe it yet to the fullness that he wants us to believe it. We aren't in this place where we yet to the fullness of, of, of the scripture. He's commanded us to take dominion and to rule over the earth and subdue it. It is our job to rule and reign together, man, male and female, side by side, yoked together. Um, and it is our job to steward the anointing of what he has given us. And so how you take dominion is really depends on your makeup. Not your makeup, but your makeup, right? And so what gifts, abilities, anointings, talents you have is going to, God wants to flow through those unique abilities and anointings in order to position you to take dominion in the area of influence that he's planted you. And, but dom, taking dominion is owning up to the fact that we have been given all power and all authority, which means that we have all power and all authority which means that we have all power and all authority. And so our job is to figure out how we want to spend that. 
How are you going to spend your power and authority to expand the kingdom of God and rule and reign, subdue in the area of influence that you have? If you look out over your life and your ministry, your career, your Monday to Friday, how are you going to spend? What are you going to spend that authority on? Because the world is waiting for the sons of God to rise up. You just flick across to Romans 8. 18, magnificent passage of scripture. The earth is waiting for the sons of God, us, you, me, to fully recognize that we are God's representatives on this earth and that it is our job to shift culture. And it is our job to bring freedom to this earth. Romans 8, 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. In us. The glory that will be revealed in us. In Christ in us, the hope of glory. For the creation wakes in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration. <laughs> Not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that this creation itself will be liberated. Say liberated. From bondage, from the bondage to decay <laughs> and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. Church, it's our mandate, and we are about to step into a time in history where we will begin to walk in the authority that was given right back when Jesus gave authority to the disciples. He gave them power and authority to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, and to take dominion, and, and, the, and the authority that was given to Adam and Eve to rule and reign and subdue. And the, the time is on us when we need to actually get over ourselves and get shake off false humility and own the room. And own your space. Like when you walk into your business, that is your domain. And that's, your dom that's the area that you are to, to, to rule and reign in. Now, not from a place of I'm the boss, but from a place of I'm representing God in this place. And so if there's hanky-panky going on in the, in the business, you can do declarations over that business and you can push back the powers of darkness and you can speak to the decay that's happening in the souls of people and you can shift that to be a kingdom culture. Yeah. 
But you can only do that if you realize it's your job to show up. I get fiery over this because it's exciting. Can you imagine what, li- what our society would look like if all the body of Christ completely owned Genesis 21, 27 and 28? If they walked around the planet knowing that any area of darkness could be shifted by bringing the light of, of the kingdom in there. I get excited about that. But what needs to shift, and so beautifully said by Andrew here, is our mind. It's it's, our, it's a mind shift. It is a revelation. It's waking up to who we actually are. And the enemy, his primary uh, job uh, is to, to, to keep you small-minded and, I was going to say not powerful. That's bad grammar. But small-minded and powerless. So once we realize that the enemy's strategy against our life is to keep us small-minded, like Andrew was saying, you've got our minds got to shift. We are meant to be living an abundant life. And the, the thing is that we just don't believe it yet. And so, so I'm going to invite the room to stand. And uh, we are going to, I'm going to shift you prophetically out of small-mindedness, out of false humility, and, uh, and just shift us into a place of faith. that you. So the Holy Spirit can do this, but I felt like the Lord has wanted me to prophetically do it. And, and He's going to unlock you to you. He's going to unlock you to your identity as a king in this land. Because the, this earth is groaning in decay. But we actually have the power to change it. And it's not through... Less emissions. It's nothing to do with that. It's about the church taking dominion over the atmosphere and over the things that are decaying and calling them, calling the light of the kingdom into the places of darkness. Hope, Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you've, you, you're shaking us up like the vocalist said. There's a shaking happening in this room, and we're being shaken loose from small-mindedness. We're being shaken loose from false humility. We're being shaken loose from um, powerlessness. So in Jesus' name, I shift you now out of small-mindedness. I shift you out of powerlessness. I shift you out of false humility into the true son and daughter of the kingdom that you are. I call you by the spirit. I call your spirit man to rise up in the full stature of who you are in Christ. I awaken you in the spirit. I declare, wake up. Wake up to who God has created you to be. You have all power. You have all authority. You have, yeah, you have dominion. You have dominion. You have authority to to create your world with the kingdom of God, to declare it and release it and to subdue 
that which is under your rule, which is under your influences, I shift you out of small-mindedness now, and I call you to be all that all that God has created you to be, and all the spirits of false humility, I just break off you now in Jesus' name, and any all those chains that have kept you bound, I in the in, in by power of declaration of the word, I loose you right now from chains uh, that have kept you small. And, um, and Father, thank you that, that yeah, wow, you created us with, with all authority. And so, Lord, I ask that you'd put fire in our mouths. Fire in our mouths right now. Oh, you'd put fire in our mouths that when we declare things, that there is power that's coming out of our mouths that shifts atmospheres in a moment and shifts lives and, and brings freedom to the captives and brings light to the darkness and brings brings healing to areas of the society and this planet that are decaying. I call you all into a place of faith right now to declare things uh, that are dying to live. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, shift you. And I just declare over you that Christ in you, you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, the Christ in you is all-powerful. And wherever you are, the kingdom of God is. Wherever you are, the kingdom of God is. What happens, you just need to let the kingdom out. You need to release by the power of decree the kingdom of God about you. In Jesus' name. So you could speak to those finances. You could speak to those sicknesses and you declare those things. uh, shift in those areas in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hakamaya sikia. If you have a friend beside you, I want you to just take 30 seconds each and just pray an agreement for that. Yeah, just do uh, when two to agree. Yeah, the Lord really does establish. I just want you to seal that right now with a friend. If you don't have a friend, um, quickly make one. Um, so. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just agree with what you've done in their lives right now. And Father, I thank you that uh, you would establish within them your kingdom, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Jesus actually preached more on the kingdom than he did about the church. And our job... (laughs) is to expand the kingdom wherever we are with what we've been given. And what I've been given, it might be different to what you've been given. And what I've been given to steward might be completely different to what you've been given to steward. But as Stuart, Stuart, the steward, (laughs) most eloquently put this morning, that the kingdom of God is not about scale. It's not about, you know, it's not about... uh, how much stuff you have or um, how big things are. It's about being faithful and stewarding what God has put in your hand. And so we can't go around comparing ourselves with one another because that just leads us into two places. One, pride, because you might compare yourself and realize that you have more than somebody else, so you end up in pride. Or uh, 
the other ditch of comparison is self-condemnation and uh, you beat up on yourself because you, in comparison you find yourself with less in your own eyes and so therefore you feel inferior and so there's the two ditches of comparison and neither are good and so owning who we are and and just being really happy about that is really what God is asking us to do. I just want to just do a little bit of um, teaching around the, the feeding of the 5,000 and just want to pull a couple of things out of that around stewardship because I, you know, God wants us to partner with him and to be faithful to extend the kingdom. But what is that? What does that really look like? And so let's just turn to Matthew 14, starting at verse 13. And you know um, that this is, this is when Jesus had just heard that John the Baptist had had his head cut off. And so he's feeling pretty sad about that. And he wanted to take himself away to um, just have some time on his own. Um, but, but it all kind of turned into a massive party. And so when it starts in verse 13, it says, When Jesus had heard about what had happened, which meant John the Baptist, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot, hunted him down, really, from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, even though he was grieving, he had compassion. This is where the character of Jesus really shows up. And, and when in the middle of grieving... He had, he had the capacity to still have compassion. And I kind of look up to him about that because that's not often my reaction. And so, I, you know, we all need to grow in our compassion. And I'm still doing that. I'm on that journey. But he had compassion on them and he healed the sick. And as evening approached, the disciples came to him. The disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a remote place. These people have been sitting here for a number of days and they're really hungry. And we don't have any food. And, uh, and Jesus replied in verse 16, he says, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. So Jesus is saying, you know, come on, guys. They don't need to go to a, down the road. You, how about you give them something to eat? And they're like, oh, but, 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 but we've only got five loaves of bread and two fish. And then Jesus, with a bit of eye roll, Bring them to me. Bring them here to me, he said. He directed the people, this is Lindley's paraphrase. He, he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, he, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Say thanks. Okay. He was grateful. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave them to the disciples, and then the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate, and as you know, they were all satisfied, and then they had baskets left over. So here's an awesome miracle. We love this. This is the principle of multiplication. The key in this story is to be grateful for what you have and God will multiply it. And so there's, there's, it's a huge thing and I'm, I could preach on that, but I'm not. I'm going to skip over one chapter in Matthew to chapter 15 and in the story of feeding the 4,000. 
So here he is. It's like a rinse and repeat story, okay? So Jesus left there um, and went along to the Sea of Galilee. And when he went up on the mountainside and sat down, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many other prophets, and laid them at his feet and healed them. And the people were amazed at what they saw, the mute speaking, the crippled made well, and the lame walking and the blind singing, and they praised God of all of Israel. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said... I have compassion on these people. They have already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want them to send, I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. Full stop. And he pauses. (laughs) I believe waiting for the disciples to show up with faith, remembering the miracle that they had seen possibly a week before maybe a month, completely the same situation. But no, this disciple said, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Are you all getting what I'm talking about here? You know what? We forget what God has done for us. And our faith leaks out our toes. And when we're faced with another challenge, how quickly we revert to, oh, but God, help me. You you have been given dominion and power and authority. And not only that, I think that Jesus was... In the first parable, the disciples came to Jesus about the problem. In the second story, Jesus comes to the disciples with the problem. And yet they didn't show up with power and authority. Or even just faith. That what they had seen happen before could happen again. Church... I think we need a bit of a shake-up. I see me in this story. I, I, see, I see my friends in this story, that we forget what God can do, what he's done, and, and really our faith should be building glory to glory, faith upon faith. You know, our faith should be getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and stronger and, and more capacity to even contain more faith and to be able to do the works of the kingdom. But we're not yet doing what Jesus did. And Jesus said that we would do more than that. And we're not even doing what he said. So there's a disconnect. I think the disconnect is we're not showing up. My challenge to us all, including myself, is to show up more to risk in the kingdom, to put ourselves on the line. And we've been talking about anointing is to put a demand on the anointing for for what we need. So Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? And they said seven and a few fish. And then it's, it's pretty much the same thing. But what happens is that, that Jesus gives, breaks the bread, gives it to the disciples, but the multiplication does not happen until the disciples give it away. The, the miracle actually doesn't happen in the hands of Jesus. The miracle happens in the hands of the disciples. 
He has give, he's, he's showing us here, I want to partner with you, but you actually have to go out there and do it. Oh, God, help us with our faith. And, of course, even one chapter on, he refers to um, the parables about the basketfuls of bread uh, in discussion about the leaven and the yeast. And they're like, yeah, but are you talking about bread again? Are you talking about this bread thing again? And Jesus is like, no, it's about yeast. And, and he really rebukes them for having a lack of faith. Oh, God, help us. You know, there are so many exciting things that he wants you to do in the kingdom. And he wants me to do in the kingdom. There are so many things that, that we are going to experience. And our, our job is to believe that we are anointed. That it's not just... Andrew or Karen or Josh, who's flip-flopping all over the place, still down here and having encounters with God, you know. But it's not just these guys that are anointed. We truly have to get to grips with the fact, the truth and the beautiful truth that you are anointed for a purpose. You know? Let's stand. Up and down, up and down. It's like aerobics in church. Holy Spirit, please make us aware right now of the magnitude of what we carry. We're going to do a grateful prayer. We're going to be grateful and thankful for what we have been given. So I want you to start bringing to your mind and your heart all that God has given you. And I'm going to start to call out some things. He's given you the gift of prophecy. He's given you the gift of healing. He's given you the gift of miracles. He's given you a spiritual gift of discernment. Maybe he's given you a worship gift. Maybe he's given you a minstrel gift. Maybe he's given you a, a, a prayer and intercession, anointing. Maybe he's given you an anointing to preach. Maybe he's given a new anointing to make money. Maybe he's given you anointing for administration. Maybe he's given a new a strategic anointing. Maybe he's given you a gift of, an, of um, interpretation and understanding mysteries. Maybe he's given Given you a very intelligent mind to write books. Maybe he's made you a writer of, 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 of instruction manuals. Maybe he's given you a creative gift. Maybe he's given you hope, oh, um, uh, uh, the artistry. Maybe he's, whatever, what has he given you? Bring to mind, and I want you to start thanking him out loud. Lord, I thank you that you've given me an anointing to, 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 to prophesy. You've given me an anointing and a gift to preach. You've given me an anointing, Lord, to be able to raise beautiful children. Lord, you've given me so much uh, wisdom. You, you've made me a woman of wisdom, a man of wisdom. Just bring it to your consciousness and do what Jesus did with those five loaves and two fish. Do not count 
something little uh, as little because God is going to release an anointing for multiplication on all that you just declare as th- in thankfulness. Father, thank you that you've given me an adventurous heart, that I love traveling the world, that I'll go on missions because I, you've given me bravery. You've given me the, the ability to be so brave. I'll go into a witch, witch's hut and I'll, I'll, I'll just release the kingdom over that witch or that warlock or I've I've gone you know you've what has he given you just start to thank him for that thank him for that out loud just thank you lord that you have called me that you have anointed me that you have chosen me and I just want to give you everything I want to thank you for what you've done I thank you for the the success that I've had so far I thank you even more for the failures because I've learned through my failures Now I want you to hold all that up like Jesus held those loaves and fish. You're going to hold it up before the Lord. God, I give you all of this. And I ask that you would use it, all of it, for your kingdom. All of it for your kingdom. God, take my life. Take what I'm offering you and multiply it. Multiply it for your kingdom. We ask for more. Thank you for what you've given me. But I'm asking now for multiplication of that. As I start to give it away, Lord, do, 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 let the principle of multiplication just come upon all that I have and all that I'm offering you. Father, just come upon my life and, 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 and just, yeah, take my life and use it for the, for the establishment and the expansion of the kingdom of God. And Lord, I ask right now that you release a kingly anointing in the room. Oh, you'd release a kingly anointing in the room. You would come upon us right now. That inside we would stand tall, not in pride, but in confidence knowing who we are. Lord, that we would go from here tonight two feet taller in the spirit because we've realized that in your kingdom we have all authority. And we wear the mantle of kingly anointing with comfort and and ease in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, just pull on the anointing right now. Just pull on. Just ask for more. Ask for more. Come on, Jesus. Move across the room, Holy Spirit. Oh, I shift you all. Right now, it's the deeper revelation of who you are, what you carry. You carry the very essence of Christ within you. Whoa, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I unlock things tonight. Lord, I, I, I speak an unlocking, Lord, of, of purpose that hasn't yet been walked in. Oh, I unstuck, people. I just declare an unstuckness 
I unstuck you. <laughs> it's not good grammar, but you know what I mean. I unstick you. Yeah. I unlock purpose. I unlock destinies that have been... I just take the lid off right now in Jesus' name. Anyone that's got a lid on them, feel like there's a ceiling on them, I just lift that off. I break it off right now in Jesus' name. I declare open heaven over your life, which is the truth. There is an open heaven. There is no lid on your potential in Jesus' name. Well, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Shook a butt.